Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just take a moment and relax, and anything else that's going on, if you need to change location or step away and let your your thoughts or emotions calm down because we really just want to be available to what God is doing in us right now and to anything he wants to say or any direction he wants to give us. We just want to be available to him. In your spirit, you already are. That's not the problem. The problem is your soul and to a lesser extent, your body. Now, your soul was a gift to you from God when you came into this earth, and it came with those abilities that we've been talking about. They're the same abilities that when Jesus was walking around, he had those same solical abilities that worked in the supernatural realm. And we get very, you know... um, we almost put the what the miracles that he did, the healing, the raising from the dead, all those things, we think that those were attributable to him because he was the son of God. When actually it was just because his soul was fully united with his spirit. So the spirit of God, which he was fully connected with, flowed through his soul and those abilities were functioning perfectly. That's really the difference between what he is able to do, his abilities, and what our abilities are. It's not that we have different ones. It's that his were fully connected to the spirit, and ours ours are not yet. So part of our process is... You know, we we want to help God so much. And yet, more and more, he wants to do, he does the work in our soul on his own. So what can we do? What are we to be doing here on this earth? We can't heal ourselves. We can't fix ourselves, those things in our soul. Now, we're not talking about our body because there are things that, that we are to be working on healing and restoring and overcoming in our body through the abilities in our soul. But what we're talking about are the soul wounds, the the wounds of rejection, of what we've inherited, generational wounds, um, the lies we believe. There's so many things that have accumulated in our soul that have built up a uh, a wall between our soul and our spirit. That wall is not between you and God. It's between your soul and your spirit. Your spirit has all the eternal life you're ever going to get. Your spirit contains all the power and authority that God himself has. Jesus did not have that wall between his spirit and soul. We have that wall. 
That's the big difference. Now, God himself is removing brick by brick the wall between our soul and spirit. And he's working on what's most important. He knows exactly which brick to to move first, which wound to heal, which belief to change. That's why the more patient we can be with ourselves, the more patient we can be with others, the less distracted we are by things that are beyond our control. And control, that brings us always back to the need our soul has to meet its own needs because that wall prevents our soul from getting its needs met from spirit. And God knows that. He doesn't hold it against us that we are trying to get our needs met any which way we can. But the more we we are practicing the presence of God, reminding ourselves regularly and consistently and gratefully that he has already met all those needs. Everything we need for life and godliness is already in our spirit. It's already been given to us. But it's like having all the resources available and not knowing how to access them or thinking that it's for another time or somebody else that doesn't belong to us, we don't have a right to it. And it's really not about any of those things. Everything you need you are already a co-inheritor with Christ. You are a joint heir with him. He, he made this possible. It wasn't anything you did. Christ himself reunited you into the spirit family. It is on our soul, because remember our soul wants to maintain maintain control so your soul says thank you but no thank you now god being the loving god he's saying well i'm not going to let you just continue to resist me but he's kind and he's careful and he's patient about which brick which truth which aspect of our soul maintaining control he deals with at any given time so we put all that to one side. That That's how God is dealing with that wall between our soul and our spirit. In the meantime, just as we function here on this earth with our natural body, we learn how, you know, as a child, as a baby, we learn certain things, and now we rely on our body to provide certain uh, the way we deal with our environment, the way we function, the way we we have a job, we use our natural senses. The same thing is there's a parallel for our soul. Now what's weird is is we have neglected the attributes and the senses of our soul. And that's where we can put in our attention. We can put our effort in that doesn't interfere with what God is doing in our spirit-soul relationship. And what it can do is it can 
bring to our attention what God is doing according to his time. It's a way of cooperating with him without interfering with him. So it's like when when Jesus called, you know, appeared to the fishermen out on the stormy sea, and he called Peter out to meet with him out on the, on the storm. Peter didn't say, "Well, you know, that's you know only that's a spiritual thing." He went out and he did it. He took steps. He overcame his fear that was in his soul, and he kept his attention on what he was supposed to do right in front of him, and he stepped out of the boat. And a lot of times we focus on the whole idea that, okay, then he took his eyes off of Christ and he started to fall. But stop and think about it. He got out of the boat and was walking on the water. And he was not a Christian. He was not spirit-led. He was not spirit born in the spirit. That was through his supernatural, his soulical abilities. And it wasn't, be, it wasn't Jesus extending his power to Peter. It was the ability Peter already had within his soul. And he saw Jesus can do it. If Jesus can do it, I can do it. So it wasn't about faith in the power of God. It was faith in his own soul that God had given him. And we see that in all the ex- other examples we've talked about. And God, you know, why? Think about why did Jesus do that? You know, and then they both get in the in the in the boat, and the storm calms. Why did Jesus do that? You know, why didn't he just appear in the boat, or just have you know snap his fingers and the boat would appear on the shore? Why did he go through that process? Because he wanted Peter to have that experience. He wanted Peter to learn about how his soul functions. And so for you and I, he puts us in situations because he wants us to learn how our soul works. I think... Uh, learning how our soul works is the intermediary between learning how our physical body works and how the spirit works. I think the spirit is so different from what we have already experienced in our lives that our mind, our soul, our mind, will, and emotions would not be able to comprehend what's going on in the spirit until we learn what's going on in the supernatural realm through our soulical abilities and senses being up and running. So you're, we're not going to learn how to truly live in the spirit without learning how to exercise power and authority in the supernatural realm. Hopefully that makes sense because this is, this is, it's not that it's, okay, if, if this doesn't make sense to you, God's going to hold it against you and we're going to withhold blessings or going to punish you or you're going to be a failure. No, this is for us. The experience that Peter had was for him. And we see the things that we, he went on to do in his life. 
that he needed the encouragement that his soul was already so much more than he perceived it to be. We go back to Adam and Eve, you know, that that they were in the garden and they were they were spirit, soul, and body, and they communed with God spirit to spirit. But then they died. They didn't die in their physical being. They didn't die in their soulical being. They died in their spiritual being. But the same soul they had that communed 24-7 fully face-to-face with God himself in their soul, in their body, they still had that same soul and that same body. But it had their soul had been enlivened and given instruction, given wisdom, given guidance by the presence of their spirit communing with the Spirit of God, 100% without interference. So that's, I think, another aspect of why they had to be separated from their spirit so that they could learn how to exercise their own power and authority. So think back for yourself, any any of the heroes of the Old Testament or or people that you admire or look up to in the stories of the Old Testament and the New Covenant, there's a significant aspect of was it spirit or was it soul? Were they exercising the power and authority that was already within their soul? Or were they special, you know, a special? special blessing of the spirit and that's something i want you to ask god about because these are the opportunities we all have to learn about the power and authority that we already have in our soul right now you have the power and authority to raise the dead right now within you You have the power and authority to heal the sick, to bring down strongholds, to raise up the righteous, to give comfort to the grieving, to give direction to those that are lost. You, you right now, have those abilities within you. They came with the package. Just like your eyes came with your your physical body and your nose and your skin and your heart, they came with your body. These abilities that we so admire in the stories and in in the uh, testimonies that we experience and we exalt, the miracles, turning the, the water into wine and feeding the bread with two loaves and, you know, the fishes and just how it was... That's something we, you and I can do now. We've just never learned how to do it. We've, we've believed lies. We've believed that, oh, that's about you have to have a special gift. You have to have a special anointing. Somebody has to pray for you. There has to be a certain, you know, spe- a special. It's something special. Something, a gift, a set, something set aside. And a gift is something that God gives and you have to ask for and then you have to learn how to do it. And the whole concept of no, it's, it's, it, 
God has already given it to you. Your soul is a gift. Your body is a gift. And he gave it to you. Now he wants you to learn how to use it. He wants you to participate in those things that he's given you. It's like if he gives you running shoes. We can go, okay, I guess he wants me to learn how to run. If he gives you, you know, whatever. You know, and you can ask him, Lord, what is it? Very often we are very um, unknowing and ignorant of the desires and the abilities that he's already placed within us. You know, we talk about he gives us the desires of our heart. It's not that he fulfills the desires, but he, the desires that he wants us to have, he puts in our heart. He gives us desires in our heart. Do you know what you desire? Spend some time thinking about that. Take down notes. Take these, these are homework assignments. Do your homework. What do you desire? And don't worry about, if, oh, it, but that doesn't sound very godly or very Christian. Start where you're at. Because part of our process is you are a spirit being, you have a soul. And that wall is keeping you from understanding the abilities that you have in your soul. And you're believing the lies about it that you're not supposed to desire certain things. You're not supposed to desire to change your world, to have a better life, to be able to overcome evil. We're, we're, you know, that's supposed to be somebody in this, you know, in ministry who's got a special anointing. When in fact, no, it's every single one of us. There, God doesn't have any little honeys. There are no, he doesn't have any respecter of persons. We're all in this equally, equally together. Now we're all on an individual path. We're all in, in we're all have a different set of wounds that need to be healed, a set of misbeliefs and lies that need to be corrected with his truth. We all have, you know, certain, you know, um, tasks and paths and projects that he works wants to work on us, but it's all for the same goal, that we would learn to live on this earth as a spirit being to live and move and have our being as a spirit, spirit, soul, and body. You're going to end up with the same body and end up with the same soul, but your soul is healed and united fully with your spirit. Your body is healed, united fully with your soul and your spirit. So let's say you're uh, thinking about, okay, what abilities that has God brought to the surface or that you desire? Say you desire miracles. What? What miracle? And think, you know, every day, every couple hours, at lunchtime, on your way driving home, what would be a miracle in in any given situation? And And if you think, okay, well, there has to be a reason for a miracle. Let's go back to Peter getting out of the boat. What purpose did that solve? Nothing. 
if he hadn't gotten out of the boat, that would have been fine. That nobody would have been harmed. Nothing, nothing. Nobody would have suffered at all if if Peter had not gotten out of the boat. But God, Jesus, called him out of the boat to teach him something. Now I would say what he performed. I think you know we don't have any word for it, so let's just go ahead and call it a miracle. And again, it's from our perception. Jesus didn't say, okay, it's a miracle. It's like, okay, that's what Jesus did as he walked around. Because he was spirit, soul, and body fully united, he was God in the flesh here on this earth. He did not see his actions as, okay, now I'm going to do a miracle. Now I'm going to heal the sick. Now I'm going to raise the dead. He had to put those things in terms for us so that we could understand them. What he did was merely an extension of who he was. Just like you and I, we don't go, okay, now I'm going to see. Now I'm going to smell. Now I'm going, now I'm going to make my heart beat. Those are all things part of our natural being. And in our soul, we have, sometimes we are at the mercy of our emotions or our memories or our wounds in our soul. God, Jesus didn't have those problems. He was never at the mercy. He always had power and authority because his soul and his body were always connected to his spirit. But he's, he was here to show this is what it looks like. And it's for every single one of us. He had power and authority over time. He had power and authority over the natural realm, the the earth, rain, heat, everything. He had power and authority over creation. You and I, have that same power and authority over creation in our soul. Everybody does. It's not about being a Christian or not. It's just now God is, is you know, that there, there's a reason God said, okay, I need you guys to get out of the garden. He needed to separate them from their getting their needs met the way they had gotten them before, through God, through himself. Because they would have been dangerous, still having that same power and authority. And we can go into Elijah sometime and, and Enoch, how, how they circumvented God's purpose and plan for you and I by seeing how God really moved, how he really did things, and, and started to embrace what the very thing we're talking about sometimes i wonder if it's really you know there's you know there's the, the scripture says it's um appointed to a man to die once well if we have died in christ and risen with him we've already died once so sometimes i wonder if if death is necessary because death is also our enemy but that's a whole nother bailiwick, but just something to think about. 
so the the but the point being is that what God is stirring up a desire for you to learn is not for others it's for you now will it benefit others absolutely we can look at the example where Jesus raised Lazarus Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead was not for fit of Lazarus if Jesus didn't want Lazarus to be dead he could have prevented him from dying the purpose of raising Lazarus from the dead was not for Lazarus' sake. It was to teach everybody else that this is what it looks like. And again, I believe he he had to practice. Lazarus was not the first person he'd raised from the dead. I think he may have been the first person he raised from the dead with an audience. But I suspect he practiced on animals and he practiced on other people, maybe his friends growing up. And one of the things he had to learn was, you know, we we know he learned obedience. No, you can't just go around resurrecting everybody. You know, we we saw later he didn't go around healing everybody. And there were quite a variety of different reactions to him, to his teachings, to his uh, miracles, his, his expressions of power and authority. And he was God on the earth. And still there was a variety of reactions to it. So that's going to happen with us too. And we are going to react differently to different situations. But Part of our process is learning to have confidence that God's not going to put us in a situation where that he can't handle. Now, he's going to put you in a situation that you can't handle, but he's going to put you in situations where you can learn. It's like the only way to ride a bike is to ride a bike. You can learn, okay, this is how, you know, you steer, make sure the tires are inflated, make sure the brakes work, make sure you're on a level ground, et cetera, et cetera. Show, you know, show by example, but then you're going to have to learn to do it. And odds are you're going to fall and skin your knee, and it's going to hurt. But then you're going to get back on it. It's the same thing with the, your abilities in your soul. You're just going to have to learn by doing it. And you're going to learn differently than I am. Then this person over here or that person over there, everybody's going to learn differently. And we can encourage one another and share experiences. But that's it. There's no, there's no manual. You know, we, we often refer to the scriptures, you know, the written word as a how-to, you know, a manual of how to follow God. But the, even, that, even the Bible itself says that there's not enough pages to contain what Jesus taught and did in the short 33 and a half years he was here on this earth. So it's certainly not a full summary. It is certainly not a full explanation or a guidebook or a handbook or a manual for learning to live as a spirit being. It's like a quick start guide. 
You know, you open a, a new electronics and, and you want to just get cracking to use it, whether it's a new printer or a computer or a new new phone or a laptop or a car. You know, the first thing you need to do is set the set the clock. How do you do that? In the manual, there's going to be okay all these detailed sections on how to set every little system. But then in the in the front, there's going to be okay your quick start guide. Here's how you set your clock. Here's how you lock the door. Here's how you turn the car on. It's a quick start guide. That's really what the scriptures are. Is a a way to get it to get us started. Then now we go okay. Now we want to we want to use the soul that we've been given to its fullest capabilities. We want to get all those abilities up and running, make the most of them. So we start going, we start driving around, having, okay, now we got the car started and we got the clock set and we got the air conditioning working and now we have to figure out, okay, how does the GPS work? You know, how does wisdom and knowledge and prophecy, seeing the future, seeing around the corner, seeing where we're going. How does that work? We get the manual out and not the quick start guide, but experience and God himself. And we start pushing buttons and we start experimenting with, okay, to get the GPS working, we need to do this, this, and this. And we keep on pushing buttons and we keep driving around until we figure out the GPS system. And that's how we learn about the abilities in our soul, is we do it. And it's not about, oh, I'm a failure if I can't get the the GPS system to work. Oh, God doesn't, you know, God must not be happy with me. Or somebody else is going to pay the penalty. Or I'm going to lose my place in heaven. Or whatever you think, you know, it is for, you know, failing in, in God's eyes. No, it's, okay, next, tomorrow, just start again and work at it until you get your, get it figured out how your GPS system works. So hopefully that will give you some encouragement. There's no, um, you're on a different path. How God teaches you to use your GPS system is going to be different than how he does it with me. But just know that you and I both have a GPS system, and God wants us both to learn how to use the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, prophecy, what's coming around the next bend, uh, on and on and on. So we will pick it up there, and please continue to, to drop me a line at diane at org or through Blog Talk Radio. Otherwise, we'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.